from WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station. Welcome. I'm Warren Odestulet, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Roya Akavan on December 4, 2017. Roya serves as Professor and Director of Graduate Studies at the Department of Mass Communications at St. Cloud State University. In addition to research and publication in the field of international mass communication, Dr. Akavan has maintained a research interest in peace studies. She's a frequent speaker at national and international forums on gender issues, the root causes of war, and spirituality in the 21st century. Her most recent work is a book entitled Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. We discussed the book, and Roya reads an excerpt during the interview. I started the interview by asking Roya where she grew up and what was religious life like. I grew up in Iran. I was actually born in a city called Rasht, but I was only a few months old when my family moved to Tehran. So I grew up in Tehran until I was 16, at which time I moved to the United States. Roya, what was the circumstances that had you moved to the United States? Well, this was not long before the revolution that happened. And I actually started school very early. So I was actually at the university. I was studying my first year of university that year. And I was being harassed because I am a member of the Baha'i faith. And the Baha'i faith is persecuted in Iran. I was persecuted growing up in my childhood, but it was not very severe. But that first year of university was very upsetting. The harassment I was receiving from members of different groups who were anti-Baha'i. So I suddenly decided that I just could not stay there anymore. And that was a great decision. (laughs) I left for the United States while it was still safe to do so. I moved to Minnesota. Why was it Minnesota that you ended up moving to? I moved to Minnesota because uh, my brother lived here with his family. And so I reached out to him to help me find a school and and process my application. I still am. I have since lived in Japan and China and other states, but I'm back in Minnesota right now. And how long were you in Japan? Actually, I was in Japan on three different occasions, and the total was four years. Mm-hmm. And I lived in China also for two and a half years. And what did you do in those two places? The first time I went to Japan, I was 20 years old. I went to basically be a Baha'i pioneer. And what that means is that, you know, Baha'is don't have missionaries, but Baha'is in the last 70 years or more have moved 
from their homeland to different parts of the world and started living there and working in their professions. That is how today the Baha'i faith is a worldwide religion and there are natives of every ethnic background and religious background of those 200 countries in the world who are Baha'is. So I actually went at the age of 20 to Japan as a Baha'i pioneer. I supported myself teaching English there for two years. And then later when I did my master's and PhD studies, I had fallen in love with Japan so much that I always wanted to get back there. So I did my PhD dissertation about Japan. So I went back there for 14 months of uh, field research. And then once again, when I was teaching as a professor at Southern Illinois University, they had a branch campus. And I went back and taught for one semester in Japan. So that's what made up the four years. And in China, I was actually, I was recruited, even though I was a professor, to go there and work for a Chinese state-owned company to make them competitive, selling their research data to international clients. So I became an executive businesswoman for two and a half years. So I'm speaking with Roya Akavan, author of Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. So Roya, let's talk about your book a little bit. What inspired you to write this book? This book actually, I would say, has been in the making in my life, almost all my life. It is not a religious book at all. It is a very empirical book, but it has been inspired by the teachings of the Baha'i faith. And the study of peace was always my passion from a very young age in different ways because the Baha'i faith teaches that the world peace is coming and that the teachings of Baha'u'llah are going to help bring that about. So everything that I did in my life was almost, I think, moving me toward getting more and more information and insight in writing this book. So I would say that, you know, the inspiration really did come from my faith, but then my higher education and study of a wide range of topics that relate to peace then gave me the knowledge and the, the ability to do research and the scholarship that was necessary to, to actually write this book. So I'm speaking with Roya Akavan, author of the book, Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. So Roya, why should someone read your book? I think there are a couple of reasons. One is that we live at a time when the forces of destruction are very, very visible to us. And a lot of people are wondering what is happening to humanity and is there any hope? It is a very distressing time. 
the thing that I have tried to do in my book and the feedback that I received fortunately tells me that it seems to have achieved that purpose has been to really give empirical evidence of reasons for hope. So the answer that I give in the book is that yes, there is indeed hope for the future of humanity. And here are the reasons. And I trace the history of humanity basically in the last 200 years, showing that actually history in the last 200 years has not been linear. It's not like we have been going two steps forwards, one step back, or going in a zigzag, or even a spiral that kind of goes up and down and just moves forward incrementally. But rather, history has been moving in two parallel processes. One constructive and integrative, and another one completely separate, parallel to that, and destructive and disintegrative. And I show then how that has been happening, then also what the relationship and the mutual influence has been between these two constructive and destructive processes. And what I show in the book is that the constructive process has never been stopped. It has, in fact, been energized by every destructive thing that has happened in the last 200 years. Actually, if we look at 19th century, where this kind of bifurcation happened, and we you know, started seeing these two parallel processes, there are many examples of that that I give. And then the 20th century was the time when really major events, bloody events, such as the First World War and the Second World War, actually energized the constructive process. And we saw, for example, the birth of international law and the United Nations and many systems of regional and international cooperation and many, many other examples. So I have traced all of that. Actually, the 21st century and this time, this very time that we're living in, is the time when the constructive process has actually strongly challenged the destructive. So when I say process, also it means mindset. What I mean is that the major engine of this constructive process has been the birth of a collective consciousness, global collective consciousness, that has been constructive and has been moving forward in the world. And that global collective consciousness has come to seriously challenge and threaten the outworn mindset, such as racism, nationalism, inequality of women and men, religious strife, extremes of wealth and poverty, these root causes of war. So all of these causes of division and superiority seeking have been challenged by the light that has been shone on them 
by this constructive process and constructive consciousness. So now they are coming to the surface. We are seeing them a lot more clearly. And they are also standing up. It's like a last flare. They want to survive, but they're being swept away. As much as the news gives us a very dark scenery, but it's actually (laughs) showing us all of these things that we were not discussing, but now they're coming to the surface and they have been delegitimized. They're trying to legitimize themselves, but they are unable to, and they're falling away. So I'm speaking with Roya Akavan, author of the book, Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. Now, Roya, what is the new approach in essence? So I call it a new approach because of two things. One is in terms of how we actually address the achievement of peace. When you listen to people, you know, experts or people who talk about foreign policy and all of the things that we hear about how to bring about peace, it's really all about treating the symptoms of conflict, not really addressing the root causes of conflict. That has been the mode, even talking about eliminating nuclear weapons. That is an approach as important as it is to eliminate nuclear weapons. That is really approaching the matter in terms of the symptoms of other things that cause humanity to produce weapons rather than actually getting to the root cause, which is racism, nationalism, greed, and all of these other things that are the root causes of conflict. And especially gender inequality. I I also talk about how that is really important root cause of war. So the new approach is one that recognizes the relationship between what these elements that I've listed, for example, gender inequality. How is it that gender inequality has actually been an incubator of violence and war? I show that. And once we see that, or similarly, racism or hypernationalism, you know, or extremes of wealth and poverty, once we see that, then we can begin to address and bring about peace by making changes that actually address those. There's also a lot more to say about this, but basically that's what the new approach is. And the other thing is, by talking about these two parallel processes of construction and destruction and the dialectic between them and the hopefulness of the future that we can see based on the fact that the constructive process really cannot be stopped or turned back based on the evidence that I provide and the logic, we can take a new approach, which is a lot more hopeful and therefore much more empowering and it can be much more effective. And each of us as individuals can 
feel like we are able to contribute to this. It's not just sitting and waiting for government to do it. So I'm speaking with Roya Akavan, author of Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. Roya, do you have an excerpt you'd like to read from the book? Yes, I actually thought that I would just read just the first couple pages of the introduction. There is a new positive energy of enormous power stirring in the world. And it is leading us to a new way of life. One that is more peaceful and just. This may appear to be a counterintuitive statement given what is most visible to the naked eye. For thousands of years, the history of humanity has been an unfolding drama of horrible and great suffering for the majority of the people who inhabit the earth. And the turmoil continues. A few hours of watching the news or reading about the current state of international affairs is enough to create deep concern, sadness, and even hopelessness. To anyone who has not yet become desensitized to the bloody scenes of violence perpetrated by terrorists or numbed by the deadly corruption of divided governments, the trajectory of our world appears to bend toward growing destruction and disintegration. These processes of destruction and disintegration are quite real. There is no doubt about that. But another equally profound and real process is unfolding alongside the destructive process, one of constructive integration. Although less visible to the casual everyday glance, it is a reality that is moving forward in the world, parallel to the destructive process. And it can be seen quite clearly when examined from a historical perspective. This bifurcation, the parallel movement of the constructive alongside the destructive, became greatly pronounced in the middle of the 19th century, coinciding with the sending of the first telegram in 1844, which in itself brought down the barriers of time and space. Almost all charts of human activity, whether in the scientific or the social realm, began to move from a nearly horizontal to a nearly vertical position. This is clearly visible, for example, in the chart showing the number of inventions patented in the United States. For hundreds of years, the line showed little upward movement. Then, starting around 1850, it suddenly made a sharp turn toward exponential growth. Another clear example, this one from the social realm, is the upward swing of the number of laws passed against slavery across the globe. In both the scientific and the social realms, humanity began to show signs of a highly accelerated movement away from barbarism toward civilization. This constructive movement in the direction of a more civilized world has not yet attained its ultimate goal. There is still much work that remains to be done. And yet, it is a process that cannot be stopped, nor can it be turned back. This book is an attempt to make visible and bring into focus the constructive processes 
of unification and integration moving forward in the world alongside the self-destruction that is going on in the realms of the old and the outworns. It is also an attempt to depict the new dialectic within which the constructive ideals challenge the destructive process while the horrors of the destructive process energize and give new momentum to the constructive process. So I'm speaking with Roy Akavan. She just read from her book, Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. And my takeaway, just from hearing those few paragraphs from the introduction, is that reading that book would give me hope rather than despondency on the possibility for peace in the world. Yes, exactly. And as I mentioned earlier in the interview, that was really what I was aiming for because actually you know, I started writing this book after I gave a talk exactly with that title, Reasons for Hope, at a conference um, in Chicago two years ago. Then I decided that I was going to expand that. And then I, I wrote this book during 2016, and it was published January of 2017. And the reviews of the book and the feedback also that I get from people is that it makes them a lot more hopeful. And that is really great. So I'm speaking with Roya Akavan, author of Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. Roya, where can people find your book? My book is on Amazon.com. I'm very grateful that I was able to write this book. I feel like it can make a contribution to people's endeavors in actually becoming constructive catalysts in the process of achieving peace. And I also feel that I had help from some invisible place (laughs) because this is a very, very tiny book and I was able to put so much in it. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful. Roya, do you have any future works that you're either are thinking about or are working on in progress? Well, so far, actually, since this book was published, I have had a really busy schedule speaking, and also I'm teaching an honors course again about Peace for Our Planet. I'm working on starting a peace program at our university. I do have a few ideas. What I can say is that I'm going to be writing for the rest of my life. That I know. I'm not ready to give you another title or topic yet, but I have some ideas. Well, Roya, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure, and I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Roya Akavan, author of the book Peace for Our Planet, A New Approach. You can find this interview and other interviews at abahaiperspective.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for A Baha'i Perspective. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org or you can call the toll-free number 1-800-22-UNITE.
I hope you'll join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. Prophet Isaiah goes on to say they shall see the light. Then they shall see the light. Laying down with the light. And all the nations. And all the nations. From the north, the south, the east, and the west. They'll be gathered around the throne. Oh, they'll see them marching. All together up the mountain. On the king's highway. To Just to behold.
establish his kingdom. In that beautiful, in that beautiful, in that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Zion, all praise. Laughter All the world around 
Which thou didst kindle in thy land Earth can never cloud its splendor Nor water quench its flame All the peoples of the world are powerless To resist its force Great is the blessedness of him that hath drawn nigh unto it and heard its roaring. Some thou didst enable to approach it, while others thou didst keep out. Whoso hath hasted towards it. And attained unto it hath In his eagerness to gaze on thy beauty Yielded his life in thy path And ascended unto thee Holy
mind for criticism Held bondage by our reasons When will there be a time to love? We make time to debate Fortunes and passing judgments. When will there be a time to love? At this point in history, we have a choice to make to either walk the path of love or be crippled by our. All wrapped up in our own illusions When will there be a time to love? We have time to conquer nations Time for oil excavation Hatred, violence and terrorism Thank you. 
Grandma about to wash the floor. You ask her nicely if you can do this chore. She says, Oh no, dear, there's really no need. She's very happy to see your goodly deed. Always be thinking of offering some service to every member of the human race. Don't be afraid, don't doubt or hesitate, but take your chance before it's too late. You see your teacher about to clean the board. You ask him nicely if you can do this chore. He says, oh thank you, I've so much to do. Very happy to have some help from you. Always be thinking of offering some service to every member of the human race. Don't be afraid, don't doubt or hesitate, but take your chance before it's too late. Oh, take your chance before it's too late. O children of men, know ye not why we created you all from the same dust, that no one should exalt himself over the other? Ponder at all times in your hearts how ye were created. Since we have created you all from one same substance, it is incumbent on you to be even as one soul, to walk with the same feet, eat with the same mouth, and dwell in the same land, that from your inmost being, by your deeds and actions, the signs of oneness and the essence of detachment may be made manifest. Such is my counsel to you, O concourse of light. Heed ye this counsel, that ye may obtain the fruit of holiness from the tree of wondrous glory. This is WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM, your Valley Free Radio Station, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.